3: Samantha, on this show, we've talked a lot about periods. Yes. We've talked about periods in horror movies and we used the excellent, I think it was excellent pun period piece. Mm-hmm. But we've talked about some of our most embarrassing instances of when a period arrived. We've talked about our first periods. And recently, we had the people from Tampon Rock on the show and uh, we, mostly you, <laughs> discussed. <It's true. laughs> I think everyone was open to it. The conversation just flowed, flowed away. Hey. Nice pun. Keep going. Keep going. I did not mean to do it, but thank you. Uh, it flowed away from that. And so for today's classic, we want to bring this back since we have been talking about it. And I remember when this episode came out, it was around the time, I don't know if you remember this, Samantha, and I can't remember her name, so I'm being very unhelpful. But like when that singer or drummer, I think she was a drummer, she ran the marathon mm-hmm. with her period, and she was just bleeding like didn't cover it up and it was for period pride. I don't remember that. No. You're right. Yes. And then like people were posting their period blood on Instagram. It was all around that time. And I, you know, I suppose my question is like, did you ever have, when you're a group of friends, was it something that you talked about openly or was it not something like that?
2: Oh, gosh. I feel like I've shifted through so much because I started my period when I was 12. Mm-hmm. So I was a little younger side. But I've also... I started it before majority of my group of friends. Mm-hmm. I feel like as we got older, I started asking people what their periods were like because I was right. very confused about how different people reacted differently.
1: Yeah. And I was trying to
2: figure that out and whether or not I needed to be on medicine, how bad... Because, you know, also part of the conversation about period is how painful are, yeah. are some people as well as the fact like clotting which we kind of got into with tampon yes. rocks even though they <laughs> weren't specifically talking about period uh-huh. necessarily but they're also <laughs> like not being ashamed of it but yeah so like all of those i think i was more curious because i was very concerned about whether i was normal right or not and that was the biggest question was like is this normal and then finding out there's no real such thing as normal yeah. and even the
3: most like horrifying thing that you could think of is Fairly normal, <laughs> yeah. And and I think that's a great point because I I was really open with my friends about it, and I feel like I had a core group that I'm still friends with that were looking out for each other. You know, Like right, right. If you need the whatever medication, I've got it for you. If you need a backup pad or tampon, I've got it for you. Or if you've got like a stain, yeah, I'll you let got the check. Yeah, walk in
2: front of me, I got you.
3: Yeah. Oh, it's so good to have friends like that, and that was really nice. And we did all generally have very different experiences, which is pretty wild. And we all went different ways when it came to birth control too. And as I I've, I think I've said before on this podcast, I have had a period in many years. And that is something that does get left out of this conversation a lot is like, having a period is not like a thing that's necessary to be a woman. And a lot of times in the conversation, it's like you become a woman when you have your period. Right. But you know, not everybody has periods. But I do see the need of this like, period pride kind of thing or being, like we said in Tampon Rock, like not terrified when your tampon comes out or, or when you're checking out at a store and not feeling ashamed for something right. that you need. <laughs> right.
2: Well, that yeah. is normal and everyone typically, at least half the population, typically mm-hmm. need it. Which, by the way, actually, I think it's, i there's more women. <laughs> than men no. on the wor- in the world now. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> so technically, more than half. <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh, and that those conversations really we've evil. been having too. <laughs> we've been having 2 around year-round places like Scotland providing right. uh, universal menstrual products. So, yeah. With all of that said, we hope you enjoy this classic episode. Have pride in your period. <music> Welcome to Stuff Mom Never
4: Told You from HouseStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. And I feel like we should offer a disclaimer right now that if anyone is uncomfortable with the discussion of menstrual blood... This might not be
0: the episode for you. I hope they would have picked up on that by looking at the title and description of the episode first. Period pride. Well, maybe someone might think that it's a grammar-oriented <laughs> episode of no more semicolons, period pride. Well, yeah, and not putting two spaces after the period. You just put one. Ooh, whoa. I, on. Okay, that's a little bit controversial. I know, Caroline. we are. We're getting controversial. We're not going to go that far Nobody's out. using typewriters anymore, people. Just use one space. And, Caroline, I also feel like... I'm
4: not 100 percent qualified to even be talking about period as in menstrual, not grammatical pride, because I'm not currently on my period. Hashtag TMI, because I really feel like part of period pride is being loud and proud about when Aunt Flo. And why is it your aunt? P.S. comes and knocking.
0: I don't know. I guess it's because your mom is always there, so it can't be like Ma Flo. Or maybe Mom's working. <laughs> mom's working, so Aunt Flo's in town. But Aunt Flo's like the aunt. She's not really your aunt. She's like your mom's friend who just comes around a lot, you yeah. know, so she's not literally your biological aunt. Yeah, we recently saw a hashtag pop up that was live tweet your period, right? That wasn't. That's not brand new. Is it brand new? No, it's not brand
4: new. It's been around, but... It really hit the mainstream when the New York Times covered it. Oh, you like most things, yeah. In June, yeah. The New York Times made it official, (laughs) which was, I mean, which was kind of incredible to see that the New York Times was covering hashtag live tweet your period. And we're going to get to live tweeting your period, because there is some interesting stuff that folks have to say about that, and also funny stuff that folks have live tweeted about their periods. But can we briefly talk about periods in the 1970s? (laughs) Yes. Radical feminist periods. The period period. Yeah, I feel like uh, Jermaine Greer was kind of the original period pride leader, because in her 1970 book, The Female Eunuch... She wrote, quote, if the idea makes you sick, you've got a long way to go, baby. And the idea, friends, that Greer is talking about is tasting your own menstrual
0: blood. Yeah, I had to have a moment. I've read that before. And and every time I've read it, I have to take a moment and think like, am I really am I a self hater? Do I hate women? Do I hate my body if I don't want to taste my menstrual blood? And then I thought of all of the other things that come out of my body on a regular basis, whether it's regular blood, not that I'm bleeding all the time, whether it's regular blood or sweat or like cervical fluid. Yeah, who knows what? It's not like I go around putting that on sandwiches either. So (laughs) I'm so glad for that, Caroline. So I don't feel like that necessarily signals a discomfort with my body, but Jermaine Greer, I get what you're saying. But Our Bodies Ourselves,
4: which came out originally in 1971, made a great point about not necessarily needing to see what your own menstrual blood tastes like, but embracing your body and all of its fluids that naturally occur. Um, So in Our Bodies, Ourselves, it says, quote, ignorance, uncertainty, even at worst, shame about our physical selves create in us an alienation from ourselves that keeps us from being the whole people we could be. Yeah, I can get behind that. Absolutely. And it seems like, Caroline, in the past couple years, a lot of people who have periods, have really been embracing that Our Bodies, Ourselves ethos of period pride. We Mm -hmm. were talking to some women um, last week, actually, and periods came up and someone commented, it seems like menstruation is really having a moment right now. And everyone said, yes. It seems like everywhere we turn, especially on the internet, there is some kind of viral post. There's a hashtag. There's a controversial Instagram photo detailing, frankly... The occurrence of menstruation
0: yeah and it seems like this is a wave that we've been riding (laughs) ha do you see what i like yeah i like that you you got that uh it seems like uh we've been riding this for a couple years now it really sort of hit the media big time in 2013 uh because a couple of things happened it was like critical period mass in 2013 um a period of critical period mass right period period Period. Uh, no double space after. Um, one of the great things that came out of this was Hello Flo's Camp Gyno commercial, which went live in July and has since been viewed more than 10.4 million times. And it's really cute. Um, it, it's, if you haven't seen it already, it's featuring this girl who she's the first girl at camp to get her period. She becomes sort of a little tyrant, handing out tampons and pads to people. And then she's uh, dethroned because you have the Hello Flo company that sends these care packages full of not only uh, period products like tampons and stuff, but also candy. It's you, you can get a little care package, basically. And so it was very cute. And it was refreshingly, not shocking, but just kind of refreshingly open in the way that it was like, oh, it actually uses the words vagina, period. The little girl calls getting her period the red badge of courage, which is hilarious. Yeah, before that, I don't think
4: I had ever seen such a public celebration of monarchy. Yeah, <laughs> And then on the heels of that, in October 2013, a feminist rap trio with the PG-13 name Handjob Academy came out with a parody period, that's hard to say <laughs> at all, <laughs> parody period rap video called Shark Week came out blew up the internet, all of the lady blogs were blogging and reblogging it. And sample lyrics, for instance, inc- include things like bleeding since eleven and it feels like a werewolf is living in my uterus.
0: <laughs> Which I love. Which I love. And it's and it's wonderful. And that you know, women women talking about their periods and being in your face about their periods and trying to Get people to get over the squick factor of periods is nothing new, but this is definitely a new medium. You know, the rap
2: music, the ra- well,
0: the a in- viral rap music video, <laughs> the internet, and viral rap music uh, by ladies. And then another uh, bit of imagery that people sort of freaked out about, which happened in October 2013 as well, was artist and photographer Petra Collins' uh, drawing. It was an illustration, not a photo. It was suggestive of a woman on her period masturbating. And so American Apparel put that on a T-shirt and it went viral. A ton of people saw it and a ton of people freaked out about it.
4: Yeah, I don't know how many of those shirts American Apparel actually sold because people seemed universally freaked out at the thought of even seeing this imagery much less wearing it. But if anything, they succeeded in making a lot of headlines as American Apparel, as we probably all know, has been pretty good at doing for better or worse.
1: Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
3: This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Life is busy. There are so many things on your to-do list with so little time to do them. And you're always thinking about others' needs before thinking of your own. Trust me, we understand. Or celebrate your victories.
2: No matter the moment, you can savor it all with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest. As the number one-ranked Sauvignon Blanc in the U.S., Kim Crawford has classic aromas of lifted citrus, tropical fruit, and crushed herbs to help you stay in a golden hour state of mind. Because golden hour is more than just time, it's whenever you want to savor amazing. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more. That's KimCrawfordWines.com to find Kim Crawford Wine near you savor amazing
3: for those 21 and over please savor responsibly constellation imports rutherford california tennessee just sounds perfect whether that's live music the crack of a campfire or kids laughing on an adventure to start planning your trip visit
2: tnvacation.com tennessee sounds perfect
4: so what's going on though with all of these examples of this more in your face period talk well don't just take it from us. You can take it from the creators of all of this media going on. So, for instance, if we look at Handjob Academy, um, Salon talked to them about their Shark Week video. And when Salon spoke to Claire Badrault, a.k.a. Claire Bizness in the rap group, uh, she said that it was meant to clash with what she called the breast cancer pinkization of culture and she goes on to say quote everything is kind of pinteresty you can't say vagina you say JJ or vajazzle so i mean from that perspective there was a desire to just speak frankly about how periods work and happen and get messy and usually involve your vagina.
0: Right, and not have to be cutesy about it or hide behind that pinkization, as she calls it. And actually, like you said, just be frank about the fact that, oh yeah, my body does this. And talking about her illustration, Petra Collins told Vice that with your period, it's something that you conceal. No one's supposed to know. It's almost pedophilic, and I don't want to throw that word around, but this feminine ideology we have of the woman being a prepubescent girl is how we're taught to change our bodies. And And so here you just have people who are saying, we've got to get over this idea that women are like these squeaky clean robots who don't ever have any sort of bodily function happening. Well, and
4: speaking of squeaky clean, I think it's also, too, targeting that idea of periods as Right. And shameful. Um, And when it comes to monarchy, with the Hello Flow campaign, Nama Bloom, who founded Hello Flow, told the hairpin about the making of that commercial. Quote, I just wanted to talk about a true thing that happens to make an ad that women would actually recognize themselves in to show that the reality of periods is not this hidden sanitized things where girls are wearing white pants and riding horses in a meadow which reminds me of the classic imagery in tampon or maxi pad commercials where to show how absorbent it is they pour what
0: is this blue liquid yeah you don't <laughs> you don't have blue liquid coming out of you oh no oh i Do should I need have... to go to the doctor i think i might and of course the reason why
4: the liquid is blue and not red is because again period blood has been considered obscene yeah and not just on television, but even on social media and speaking of which period power got quite a jolt of energy or moon energy <laughs> from your moon cycle in two thousand and fourteen, thanks to
0: Instagram, yeah, so artist Ruby Cower uh, posted a picture on Instagram. That basically featured it was a woman lying in bed um, and you could see her. She was facing away from you and you can see that she has period blood on the back of her pants. And then there's also a stain on the sheets. And Instagram took it off not once, but twice. And the artist is like, yeah, I I knew that this would happen and this is exactly what I wanted. And so it, it created a huge stink and people sort of took up the cause for for her and Instagram apologized. They reposted the pics. And Cower responded, Thank you, Instagram, for providing me with the exact response my work was created to critique. When your pages are filled with countless photos and accounts where women, so many of whom are underage, are objectified, pornified, and treated less than human. Thank you.
4: And really, with that, it seemed like, especially when we go from more of an illustration more of a, a jokey thing in the vein of uh, Shark Week or even Camp Gyno, we've now entered a new and more frank phase of period pride because that photo actually shows a woman on her period. Yeah. So in 2013 and 2014, it seems like the groundwork was laid for today's period pride that is now the stuff of Internet Virality. Mm -hmm. I feel like we see so regularly any kind of visual oriented post having anything to do with menstruation that automatically blows up in social media, gets a million shares. Mm -hmm. And so people are creating this stuff even more, and online media outlets, I think, are looking for it even more. So, for example, Over at BuzzFeed, Sammy Main and Dan Meth got together and created something called Goodnight Menses, which, of course, is a play on the children's book, Goodnight Moon. And they essentially took the illustrations and the structure of Goodnight Moon and made it menstruation themed. And it's kind of adorable. But the fact that they're making this specifically for BuzzFeed, Mm -hmm. I think,
0: speaks to how... Periods have gone viral. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think BuzzFeed does anything that's not shareable in some way. Um, but artist Georgia Gibson did her own photography project, which I think is fantastic, uh, it, which also went viral. And it features... Uh, pads and tampons with red glitter. And it's so stunning. It's so visually stunning because it combines like, ooh, sp- sparkly glitter, which is so like, you know, glitter is always like, ah, oh, cutesy and unicorns and stuff, with just the idea of Periods and menstruation. And so Gibson says the title of the piece, I Don't Only Have Glitter in My Veins, was originally inspired by a boy who would compliment me on all of these silly things like, you're so pretty, you have glitter in your veins, but he would only focus on pretty aspects of women and not their whole identity. So what a great way to sort of combine these ideas of the cutesy and the pretty and the sterile and the sanitized with like, oh, hey, I have periods and you need to deal with it. Yeah, so here's here's some sample text. Uh, Good night, laptop and sweatpants. Good night to the lamp. Good night, pitiful bed nest where you suffered through cramps. Good night, blanket tucking you in. Good night, Eve, for this original sin. Good night, stars. Good night, air. Good night, noises everywhere. I'd read that to, to some child. I'm not a parent, but, you know. Well, you know, if a, if a friend of yours is on her period...
4: You can call her up, Skype her, FaceTime her, read her goodnight menses. That's It, right. might, it might ease the pain.
0: Yeah. Shh. Shh. Hush. Hush now. Let me hush, read hush. This, this, this story to you of, of your period. Put away your Cheetos. Of your sweatpants. Let me read to you. <laughs> well, uh, so they're not the only ones. Uh, talking about periods in a really kind of funny and cute way that ends up going viral. You've also got artist Georgia Gibson, who did a photography project called I Don't Only Have Glitter in My Veins. And it features um, really shiny, sparkly red glitter on things like tampons and pads. And she was saying that she was inspired by a guy who would compliment compliment her all the time saying silly things like you're so pretty you have glitter in your veins but she says he would only focus on pretty aspects of women and not their whole identity and so it is sort of visually arresting not in the way that like petra collins illustration is visually arresting but just like seeing something that's like red glitter that's so frequently uh, associated with you know crafting and magical girliness and have it be red and have it be on tampons and pads. I think it's it's an excellent um, juxtaposition. And honestly,
4: it has me wondering why, you know, glittery uh, menstrual products don't exist. I mean, I know the answer is you don't want glitter stuck <laughs> in your vulva. I
0: know, because you can never get glitter off. You really can't. I mean, a glitter tampon is a horrible idea, but so cute. So, Wouldn't that yeah, be cute? Yeah. You know? Maybe a glittery wrapper.
4: Yeah. Yeah. That could be nice. Sure. And then everyone would know that you're on your period because you'd have a little glitter hands. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> I mean, glass
0: half full, friends. <sighs> it would still be the silent wrapper, though. Because <laughs> God forbid a woman in the stall next to you knows that you're having your period. Yeah.
4: Well, a- another artist, too, who got some Internet fame using her period blood is Jen Lewis, who kind of went uh, Germaine Greer with her project. She used menstrual blood and then suspended it in liquid and took photos of it. It's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it is beautiful.
0: Yeah. Because um, well, she was saying she got the idea she was using a menstrual cup and was emptying it out and sort of got the idea of like, oh, look how... Get it, how it is in the water. It just like goes in and spreads out. It's kind of like paint. <gasps> Wait a <Ooh>. second.
4: <laughs> and I do think that these different kinds of projects that are playing with either actual menstrual blood or the idea of menstruation and all the cultural baggage, it has are serving a good purpose of normalizing this thing that even still is so taboo that a lot of people still feel a lot of shame and hesitation around in a way that isn't as, I think, unnecessarily shocking as, say, showing an illustration of, you know, someone masturbating on their period, which is clearly intended more to shock than educate, I
0: I would argue. Yeah, and I think the overall or underlying, whichever, uh, the underlying tone of a lot of this is that people are just sort of fed up at the idea of, like you said, periods being gross, periods being dirty, periods being secret, that you should be ashamed somehow that, you know, it... it makes you crazier, limits your ability as a woman to function. Um, and that's why you get people like the fabulous women behind Dear Kate's underwear and Think's period panties. Um, People who are just saying, like, no, this is a thing that happens. This is a natural part of your body that just happens. And so let's find a great way to, to deal with it and not have to stop what we're doing, not have to worry about throwing our underwear out or staining our pants or anything like this. Let's let's function within it and not try to avoid it. All of which I
4: think are fantastic. Initiatives, which leads us full circle to hashtag live tweet your period, which, yes, it is a legit hashtag. Like we said, the New York Times covered it. And Jenna Wortham, writing about it um, for The Times, wrote, on the surface, the hashtag seems like little more than communal commiseration. But to me, it felt like something bigger, a micro protest against a modern paradox. Social media is saturated with images of hypersexualized women, but these are rarely considered as scandalous as the content that dares to reveal how a woman's body actually functions.
0: Yeah, and so you get tweets like, scientific fact, salt and vinegar chips taste 46% better when you're on your period. Another one, which is uh, totally a sympathetic tweet, is, oh my god, my effing uterus. Hashtag live tweet your period or these ovaries
4: ain't loyal. Hashtag live tweet your period. (laughs) Honestly, if you are ever on your period and are feeling bummed about it, just Google that hashtag and just read through. Because, it. I mean, there is that communal commiseration aspect of it. And
0: also the hilarity of that sometimes ensues with life on your period. Sure. Well, I, you know, I have an IUD and so I don't necessarily get a period every month. It's 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 funny. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, sometimes I get a really heavy one sometimes I don't get one at all sometimes it's light uh, so it's like the Goldilocks of periods Um, but I can always tell uh, that something's coming because I will suddenly be hoovering up and I hate to be a stereotype hate it but I'm suddenly hoovering up anything that is chocolate or salty like, like I've wanted it like I've never wanted anything before in my life. Well, Caroline, I mean, it is a scientific fact. <laughs> salt and vinegar chips <laughs> takes 46% better. Yeah. So if you can send me a bag of salt and vinegar chips followed by, like, a pack of Hershey bars or something. Or, or any any chocolate.
4: Well, and speaking of IUDs, i got to tell you, Caroline, because of mine, I... I've had mine long enough that I never really ever, ever have a period. So I honestly felt a little bit left out <laughs> when I was reading all of this stuff about period pride and live tweeting your period and woohoo, look at all this stuff for periods. And I'm like, look, I don't even, I don't even really have one anymore, which I'm pumped about. Don't get me wrong. I love that about my Morena.
0: Uh, but at the same time, I mean, maybe I just like fake tweet my period. Is
4: that OK?
3: <laughs> Can I be
0: a I, period poser? I think that's OK. What's the what's the quote on the Internet? No one knows you're a dog. I think that you on the Internet, nobody knows you don't have a period. There we go. Just it's fine. Be part of the community. So what do we think about this in the grander
4: scheme of things? Um, Ann Friedman, whom we cite all the time, and he was also one of the leading Commentators on millennial ladydom these days, and I really hope that if someone like informs her that I said that, that she takes it as a compliment and not an insult, because I love her writing and all of her insights. Um, and one thing that has jumped out to me though with Ann Friedman's work is how pro period she is in the sense of saying let's get real. Sometimes periods are awful and debilitating, and acknowledging that is okay, and it should be okay.
0: Yeah, I love uh, her personal nightmare pie chart that's split up into basically fears fears that accompany your period and a quarter is getting attacked by a shark because we are leaking period blood in the water another quarter of the pie is getting period blood on the passenger seat of a crush's car and then there are a couple of other ones what are the other ones getting period blood on a bar stool
4: uh, getting period blood on a friend's couch and then finally getting period b- blood on a lone remaining pair of underwear without period stains, <laughs> which I've been there, yeah. you know, because sometimes you get busy. But if, uh, obviously that was
0: in my my pre pre Marina days. Mm-hmm. Well, while you have somebody like Ann Friedman who is saying periods are normal, but it's also OK to not like your period or to be like so over it and what it does to your underwear. Um, you've got somebody like Amanda Hess at Slate, who in 2013 Offered a slightly different perspective, she said, "Menstruation has been stigmatized as gross and embarrassing for so long that it's only natural to want to fight back with roaring pride. But trumping up the act of menstruating as a source of power only gives fuel to the detractors who hope to define us by our bodies." And I, I get it. I read, I read uh, Hessa's piece, um, and I, and I understand the idea of like, hey guys. There's, there's no need to trump up your period as a, like, powerful act because most people who have periods are getting them regardless. It's not like a feminist act of, like, this month I'm going to have one and I'm going to be a better feminist for it. On the other hand, I absolutely support the idea of, like, no, we're going to talk about this and talk about it and talk about it and tweet about it and text about it until people are just not so grossed out by it. Yeah, I think if anything, it's really dismantling that
4: shame and dirtiness factor around it. I mean, we haven't even touched on and aren't going to go into detail on period sex, for instance, about how if a woman is on her period, like that's just such a big deal as to whether or not her partner or even she is comfortable with her even being naked in bed Mm -hmm. and... Enjoying sexual pleasure, which yeah. I think is, uh, it, it has been personally and also more publicly disheartening because it's like why why does this why should this thing disqualify us from that yeah. one week out of every month because it's dirty?
0: No, it's not. It shouldn't be considered something that doesn't belong in the bedroom. Well, then I mean we also have to mention the fact that menstruation isn't every woman's experience. That's true. And and not just and we don't just mean, you know, women who are postmenopausal who no longer get a period. We're also talking about um, trans women who don't get periods. And so the idea there's there's definitely a criticism there of the idea that menstruation equates to true womanhood, because that's. It's just not true. Um, I don't think that you are defined as a woman. Uh, I don't think you're defined by menstruation. Right. Well, and and by extension,
4: too, you have trans men who have periods. Mm-hmm. So by that virtue, obviously, periods don't equal real womanhood um, in absolute terms either. And I think that that's where where the line starts to get crossed with period pride. I'm all for period pride in terms of embracing, reclaiming and destigmatizing menstruation, Mm -hmm. but to then take it a step further and make it part of identity, I think is is where we get into the troubled waters, so to speak.
0: Troubled shark infested waters.
4: Troubled shark infested (laughs) waters. Absolutely.
0: Well, Caroline, in the process
4: of recording this podcast, I have been internally confronting I think some of my my own. Period nervousness, because I feel like we've gone more TMI and frank in this episode than we have in probably most Stuff I've Never Told You episodes. I mean, we've talked about our own personal periods and experiences mm-hmm. with that,
0: our period underwear, thoughts on period sex. Periods I'll even. Get so personal. I'll even tell another period underwear story. All right, go for it. I have this great pair of green undies that I love. Um,. Uh, They're a great bright green, but I never wear them because they have a stain on them. And I just happened to wear them at one point. My boyfriend was like, oh, those are so cute. I've never seen those before. Why don't you wear them? And I was like, (laughs) Um, I guess they're just always in the laundry. (laughs) Uh, So so much like so much period embarrassment there wrapped up in those underpants. So what do you think is the best way then to show your period pride? Well, you could take a... Cue from Mesopotamian women who painted Conception spell dolls with their menstrual blood. I was going to do that this weekend. (laughs) That is to say, maybe we could all take a cue from some of the artists. And people who are creating some interesting period art. Uh Caroline, are you gonna open up a period art Etsy store? I feel like <laughs> I feel like you got a little glimmer in your eye. Well no, that's the thing, Kristen. Like I said with my IUD, you never know. See, I wouldn't be like I'm not a I'm not a reliable source of, of menstruation. Yeah, neither am I. I am not
4: reliable at all. Well, I guess maybe we need to hear from more reliable sources of (laughs) (laughs) menstruation. Listeners, that's you. What do you think about period pride? And I also want to hear from people who don't have periods, who've never experienced periods, about this whole period pride thing. Does it totally weird you out? com is our email address and if you want to tweet us you can do that at momstuffpodcast or message us on facebook and we've got a couple of non-period related messages to share with you right now
1: snag a job is where america goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over six million active hourly workers
0: I have a letter here from Lacey on our Bisexual Erasure series. Uh, she says, I was struck by the advice columnist who told a married bisexual woman to essentially stay in the closet. And, of course, Lacey is referring to the Dear Prudence column that Kristen and I talked about in episode number one. Um, she says, although I absolutely agree that no one should have the right to tell someone else whether to come out or not, in some ways I can see where she was coming from. I'm a bisexual woman who came out to most people in my life when I was 22 and single. Nine years later. married a man. My husband knew I was bisexual from the start, and we talked about it on our first couple of dates. However, now that we're married, it's true that my bisexual identity is mostly invisible. We're monogamous, most of the world assumes I'm straight, and I'm sure some of the people that I came out to have written off my bisexuality as a phase. I think some family members are even relieved that because I married a man, they will never have to explain or defend my more complicated identity to acquaintances, coworkers, and strangers. While bisexual erasure is very real, I feel somewhat irritated by the implication that bisexual people have an obligation to come out because of it. I felt compelled to come out fairly widely when I was single because A, I didn't want people to be shocked if I started dating a woman and B, I wanted folks to know I was open to meeting and entering into romantic relationships with people of any gender. But now that I'm married, I do not come out as frequently as I used to. In particular, my husband's family and friends do not know that I'm bisexual and I may not ever tell them. This mostly has to do with privacy. I know some of these people I haven't told harbor prejudice and assumptions about queer people and would likely be troubled by a whole string of stereotypes about bisexuals that just don't apply to me. I'm not going to leave my husband for a woman. We do not have threesomes, etc. I don't feel as if it should be my responsibility to take it upon myself to educate these people about what bisexuals are quote-unquote really like because this ties into my private life and my past, which I should be able to disclose only as and to whom I see fit. Ultimately, the choice to come out or to keep coming out is always a personal one. I have told the people in my life who need to know the whole me, my husband, my friends, my families. I don't feel like I'm hiding if I don't tell every acquaintance I come across. If I don't share other intimate details of my life with them, why should I feel a duty to share this? So thank you, Lacey.
4: Well, I also have a letter here on our By Erasure podcast from someone who would like to remain anonymous who writes as a bisexual woman I've become accustomed to assumptions generalizations and uncomfortable questions once I've come out as bisexual actually quite recently my roommate and I were having a conversation and they said that since I'm a bisexual woman currently in a relationship with a man that I'm no longer bisexual on another occasion at a party a woman who I don't know tried to force herself on me when she found out I was bisexual despite very clearly attending the party with my own significant other It's uncomfortable experiences such as these that make being bisexual a unique challenge all on its own. Not being recognized by many communities only makes it more difficult due to the lack of a strong community and recognition that bisexuals deserve within the broad spectrum that is sexuality. And this by no means trivializes any of the struggles of those who identify as any other sexualities. But it's fantastic to get some recognition and understanding on a larger scale. So thank you so much ladies for doing this podcast and thank you everyone for sharing your insights with us momstuffathowstuffworks.com is our email address and for links to all of our social media as well as all of our blogs videos and podcasts with this one with links to our sources so you can check out all that period pride happening on the internet head on over to stuffmomnevertoldyou.com on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com.
2: This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines.